if you find one that you love, stock up. Get it in all buy of the it colors. In color, buy your buy at least two of your favorite right. color each. It for it sure. is the hardest for women. Hi everybody, I'm Diane Gilman, formerly known as the Queen of Jeans, but now the proud host of my very own podcast, Too Young to Be Old. And today I'm thrilled. I'm in my home territory. Fashion, fashion for women over 50 with an absolute expert. Beth Jalali has one of the most followed, most successful fashion blogs in the world of social media. And it is called Style at a certain age. And I certainly am of that certain age. And I do want to say, Beth and I, without ever consulting, both chose purple today. And I said to Beth, you know, I think it's an outshoot of Barbie pink. And what, you know, Beth, honestly, what really Mm -hmm. motivated me to change my look and my wardrobe was Mm -hmm. coming out of breast cancer at the age of 73, 74. I didn't want to dye my hair anymore and get chemicals Mm -hmm. to my Mm -hmm. brain. And Mm -hmm. I went white haired. And it was, I had been dark auburn, dyed hair for Mm -hmm. my entire adult life. And Mm -hmm. suddenly I had a wardrobe that didn't work. I had a wardrobe that didn't work color-wise and body-wise. And so I'm going to ask you, I believe Mm -hmm. that you got into this game of fashion a bit on the late side. Like my success was at 60 when I started actually designing for myself Mm -hmm. and my slightly chubby middle-aged body. Um, and then found that lots of women had slightly chubby middle-aged bodies and they appreciated that. What got you into this? Tell us a little bit of your trajectory because <laughs> you, my dear, have a huge following that anybody who wants to be in this blogosphere has to just be in awe of. Okay, how did it happen? Well, First of all, Diane, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I am a big admirer of you. I think I shared with you when we first chatted. Uh, I saw you at HSN. I was just there um, helping promote one of their lines. And you were there at the same time as I was. And I was just in awe of what you have accomplished, what you have done. And I also have to compliment you. I'm so glad you let your hair go au natural because... You look gorgeous, my friend. Absolutely oh my gorgeous. Thank you. And isn't that isn't that crazy that when we actually embrace what you know God has given us, it's it's really it's just it it it's the best thing. But here I am, and so I and I will give you the Reader's Digest version. But I will just share with you too <laughs> that we have so many choices in the 21st century. So I'm thankful that you know, I mean, if you want to still be red or auburn, or if you want to go all natural, or if you have something as in your case, cancer, which is a big game changer. I'm sure it was for you. And you're, and you, and you look at everything differently, including your health and chemicals and all those things that, uh, you know, come with dyeing our hair, but anyway, but you look amazing and thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to talk to, you know, to talk to our audience, which is, you know, women of a certain age. And and that's what my, 
Um, my blog is called. And so I, uh, I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version, but I got into this quite by accident. It, it started when I um, was living with my late husband's career. I followed him all around the world. We were living in Shanghai, China. Two of my sons were at college and one was still in high school. So it was like, okay, well, what's next? What's next for me? And because, you know, I could see that my my kiddos, you know, were going to, you know, fly the coop and they were going to be great, which which they are. So, but I had worked in 26 years, Diane. I'm like, and I, I used to drive my late oh, husband God. crazy because I was like, who's going to hire me? You know, I mean, you know, I have worked in 26 years and corporate America does not necessarily give you brownie points for, you know, staying home and raising children that are, you know, successful taxpaying adults. But anyway, um, so to... <laughs> To really to try to give you a synopsis, so I I came home one day. I was playing mahjong with a group of friends, and only three of us showed up. And you need four to play, and we just sat around drinking wine. And I came away. So a light bulb was really turned on in my brain that day, and it was like I'm going to write a book. I'm a writer. I'm going to write a book. So I actually wrote that book. Um, and when it was time to find a publisher, so I, I snagged an agent in New York, and this is back in 2012, Diane. And he sat me down. And he's like, everything had changed in the publishing industry. And, and he was like, you need a social media presence to promote yourself and your book. And I'm like, what's that? I just figured yeah. out how to write a book. Social media and, and Facebook and Twitter were the big things back then. And he's like, well, uh -huh. you need to find find out how to, you know, talk about yourself, talk about your book. And I mean, that was all the advice that he gave me. And I can remember thinking, and I told him, I'm like, my children at that time were on Facebook and they did not want me to be on Facebook. And so I only had like five, you know, five close friends. And I told Eric, I'm like, well, I have five friends. And he, and his advice was go find some more. Okay. So, but that book, <laughs> but that book didn't get picked up. Because I was already racking my brain because it was like, I need to be, say something authentic. I mean, it wasn't going to be about like how to write a right. book or anything like that. So it, it was all about authenticity and, and it, it still is with me. But we had moved to San Francisco by this time. So this is like 2014. I was writing my second book. Social media was on my mind again because this book was good. This one was gonna, going to be picked up. And I was conscious of the 20 somethings posting outfits of the day. So that's how I started, Diane, because I'm like, oh, another light bulb moment. like, that's it. I love fashion. Women love fashion. You know, so what if my hair is gray? My figure is not as slim as it used to be. I have wrinkles. And so that's how really style at a certain age was born. It was truly meant just to support my publishing career. But it just took off in such amazing ways, Diane. Yeah, it did. And so I, I, one of my sons actually sat me down. He's like, Mom, did you ever think that maybe this is what you're supposed to do, be doing right now and not the book? So anyway, so I've been on this wild, crazy, that wasn't too long of a winded story, but it was quite by accident. I had no idea that this was an industry that you could monetize your blog, that you, oh, yeah. you know, do any of the things that, that we're doing now, because it was, it's, this was nine years ago. I'll, I'll be blogging nine years in March and I was really kind of uh, at the cusp of everything really kind of taking off. So, so, so anyway, so here I am talking yeah, to amazing people like you. <laughs> if only. Let's talk fashion. So I want to tell mm -hmm. you, and, and I think we talked about this in our, in our first call, 
Mm-hmm. I get so tired of stereotypes. First of all, right. we don't have any celebrities to follow. If I was right. younger, I would either be in my 40s or 50s and following the Kardashians, God forbid, or I might be in my 30s and saying, I really like the whole vibe of Selena Gomez Mm -hmm. or Justin Bieber's wife, or I could be back in my 40s and say, I love Giselle Bunchin, Mm -hmm. but I'm Mm -hmm. not. I'm almost 80 and there's nobody to follow. And the only thing that I even saw that was close to our age group was last year for the Oscars, every Mm -hmm. nominee and the two winners in the female category, they were all 65 years old, finally. Mm -hmm. I know, right? You got to see someone in an attainable look for yourself in an evening gown, which is of course in our industry gonna get interpreted into a mother of the bride dress, as you are going to be a mother of the bride in about a week. Mm -hmm. Um, But what really killed me was recently, they have this whole sign up with Medicare and they choose (laughs) women and images. So one of the women I think was named Irene and oh my God, she's got like nothing hair, zero, makeup, mm-hmm. wearing a house dress mm-hmm. from the 50s, trimmed in mm-hmm. lace, and a mm-hmm. shrill, complaining, mm-hmm. nagging voice. And I had to call my social media right. manager up, Nina, and I said, you have to watch this. You mm-hmm. want to hear and see ageism? Here's mm-hmm. the crazy thing, mm-hmm. Medicare, is supposed to take care of us as we go Mm -hmm. older, but it doesn't respect us as Mm -hmm. older people. And I find that's true of the fashion industry. So I'm gonna ask you, how do you approach, how do you approach it? To me, your success Mm -hmm. path comes from dealing with real women, not Mm -hmm. prototypes, Mm -hmm. not, an image of what you could be if you had a billion dollars and did nothing but exercise and get facials all day long. Where do you think your success is? I think it's in how grounded you are with fashion. Well, thank you for that compliment. And I do try to stay grounded because we, while we're trying to push back stereotypes because, I mean, let's face it, people still think that we turn to dust once we turn 50. I mean, I think it used to be 40. I think now it's 50. Maybe we're pushing it back to 60, but we don't turn into dust. We are vibrant, vital women that have something to offer until we're no longer here. So first of all, I look at aging as a privilege. And because because we both know many of our family members and friends have been taken from us far too soon. So so that's truly the lens that I look at aging with. It's it's such a privilege. But then the, my second one is we're so vibrant. We have something to offer. And so how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to do that with how we, A, how we take care of ourselves. But as you said, we don't have a billion dollars and I don't have time. I mean, of course, exercise is key to me, a healthy diet. All those things are so important. But one of the things that I know is also very important is how we present ourselves to the world, and that is through fashion or an outfit that we wear every day. 
can and I want women statement. to be confident, right? Yeah, I want them to be comfortable. I want them to be confident. I find that very difficult in a youth, a youth obsessed world. And so, um, I was looking exactly. at major trends the other day, and I just, mm-hmm. and, you know, I always yeah. want to tick the box. Like, okay, mm-hmm. sheer see-through tops. Right. Oh, <laughs> sheer see-through skirts. Right. Um, Pantsuits with the trouser cut off at the crotch, so you're wearing hot pants <laughs> in the winter time. Uh-huh. Everything right. body conscious and just clinging to you. And, you know, I always say the same thing. Uh-huh. We're the spending power of America. We're the largest generation on earth. The fashion industry is not exactly setting the world on fire. They've developed virtually nothing new in years. Everything recycles. And, you know, Beth, I think part of the problem mm-hmm. is... For those right. of us like you and I and our mm-hmm. audiences of over 50 women, you know, they bring out, oh, a trench coat, got it in my mm-hmm. closet. Mm-hmm. And there is almost nothing new. So you bring it all the way around every five years or 10 years. And I looked. That's right. And I realized my spending on fashion has so slowed down. Because everything they're presenting, I've got one of in my closet already. Exactly. I don't see where, if, if you give me something new and the need of it is there, um, mm-hmm. I'm all in. Now I'm going to ask another question. Do you mm-hmm. find that global warming is changing your needs or your whole thought process about the way you dress per season. Absolutely, it really has, Diane. And and, and I will just piggyback onto there's really nothing new in the fashion world, which is really, really true. We kind of need kind of like a, a little bit of a reboot. But with that said, with what's going on with global warming, I do love having those classic items that we purchased and then they last forever and ever because that is actually kinder on our world than buying, you know, the, the fast fashion that we have been, you know, that they pushed us into, like, what, when was that, 20 years ago? Or, I mean, some of these brands are releasing something every six weeks. It's like, no, I mean, that's, that's craziness. I mean, that's just, I mean, honestly, and, and the clothes that end up in the, in the trash bin, I mean, talk about ruining our earth that is a big problem right there and, so and i don't trash anything away so i'm going to be in the next episode of hoarders because <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't if i buy one yeah. more thing my my uh, apartment is just going to burst right. so you know i'm going to ask you a few questions because mm-hmm. i want to know first of all sure. number one fast mm-hmm. questions were okay. you deeply affected by Barbieism. No, I, I have oh. to say that that I really wasn't because guess what? Pink has been my hands down favorite color no. for my entire life. So oh I was God. actually I was just like for the whole Barbie core, all the pinks. I was just like there was just more selection for me to choose from. So and then every time oh. I wear pink, I cannot tell you my readers will always come and they're just like Beth, that's your color. 
mean, I can't wear it every day, but I love it. And I did, I mean, I, I was pretty excited to tell you the truth about the Barbie core. I mean, A, because it was pink, but I, I just like the whole, did you? I resisted and and then I just finally gave into it. And now I love pink and especially with white hair. Yes. It's it's so great. You know, but I also think Beth that, Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes fashion really is a reflection of society. And in times that are very contentious and dark and isolating, nothing too cheerful in the news, you choose a cheerful color almost Mm -hmm. as a barrier against that, uh, what is to me, relentless bad news. So I'm going to ask you. I agree with that. 2023, what was Mm -hmm. your number one fashion color that you wore? Pink? It truly was pink. It really was. I I mean, I really leaned into that because, as I said, it's been my favorite color for years. It goes great with my coloring. I'm very fair, you know, blue eyes. So so I just, uh, so for me, there was just more of a selection. So I really did. I leaned into that. I mean, I even have my uh my one of my pilates outfits is is pink you know i mean oh, and no. i get somebody, <laughs> it's it's really great and i love I got, it and i get uh, yeah. i get compliments well, there too one of my trophy purchases for 2023 were pink gucci mm. loafers barbie mm. pink. oh my god i love them i love them i wear them all the time okay oh i bet, I bet they look great in prediction uh-huh. Uh is going to be the fashion color for 2024. And I will just give you a little preview for home deck. Okay. It's cracked pepper, which is a very dark shade of gray. And Mm -hmm. that's just for home deck. So for fashion, Mm -hmm. what do you think you are going to be seeing and wanting and wearing for Mm -hmm. 2024? I do think, well, because we did have such bright colors, especially this last year with Barbie core, I personally think we're going to be going back into the neutrals because, you know, the pendulum always kind of swings back and forth. Yeah. So I'm really predicting that neutrals are really going to be there. And, and, and I'm honestly seeing a lot of winter whites right now, uh, soft whites. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I love them with beiges. And yeah. I was going to say, and beiges. I'm seeing a lot of that, so I really kind of think that that's going to swing around into 2024. But I, I will say this: red has also been a very big color this year in fashion, and I predict that that's going to because Barbie Core was here for several years, two years, and I, I really think that red's going to come and be very strong again this coming year too that's it's just, interesting that's what I, think. I always find red a very aggressive color and it is. I, I tend to not like it with white hair i don't know it's too santa claus it's too candy cane for me so <laughs> i'll probably go for deeper shades of pink now okay. i want to know beth mm-hmm. what are the five fashion pieces you cannot live without I'll share mine oh. after you share yours. Okay, good. Okay, or I'll share mine before you share yours. Whichever Go ahead you and want. share yours. I I love to. Yes, I love to hear. Okay, I bet I, bet I know one, one of them. I bet I know one of them. Number one, a loafer. 
I, I, I just have an issue with my knee. I've got to wear flat shoes. And in my dream of dreams and my druthers, it would always be a Gucci loafer. So I have a little mm-hmm. bit of status in there. Mm-hmm. I got to mm-hmm. have a great turtleneck and I don't need to spend a lot of money for it. Uniglow uh-huh. makes one of the best washable wool turtlenecks on earth for under $40. And I'm putting or, that on my list. I'm putting that on oh, my list. Oh yeah, Uniglow, fantastic. And okay. or a very simple white t-shirt which I'm going to wear with uh-huh. a tailored blazer, probably in mm-hmm. navy. Mm-hmm. Number one item for me always is going to be a bottom that fits that's going to be my bottom a skinny jean Mm -hmm. and to just round out the picture and i can wear this under my blazer i can wear it with the turtleneck or the simple t it's going to be a cashmere hoodie and as we were talking before the show i said oh there's one in pink barbie pink it's got i think it has your name on it diane (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think so. And so um, those are my five fashion pieces. And okay. I will wear those to death. Those I just rotate and it's the same look. And I can, I think when mm-hmm. you get older, you've got to go for mm-hmm. looks that are tried and true and that you trust. So what are your five fashion pieces you cannot live without? Well, I completely agree with that because having a style uniform or a style formula is so important because we know, we both know you have those days where you have to be out the door in five minutes. You cannot be standing in your closet thinking, what, you know, what can I wear? So actually Uh my list is very similar to yours because I do have a style uniform. I call it the four B's. I know I have to pick up five, but it's always a blazer. And I would pick a Navy blazer as well, a double breasted with gold buttons. Um, definitely that, then a button down. So typically I always, well, not always, you would be amazed at how many white shirts I have, Diane, because I am always on the hunt for a beautiful white shirt. So whether that's silk, cotton, poplin, you know, depending on the time of years, button down and then, uh, blue jeans or jeans. I mean, so I'm with you, the, you know, the, Jean queen here. I I knew that that would be on your list. So a pair of jeans. I mean, I'm a, I am a blue jean mama from way back when. I love jeans, and I'm so thankful that people like you have come along and made them far more comfortable. Remember how they used to be when you know when I was growing yeah, up? I mean, it was yeah. like we had to we had to break them in. <laughs> Impossible. It was. And then ballet flats. So I you picked a loafer. So I would go with the classic cap toe ballet flat. Never, I mean, in my eyes, I mean, of course, they, they're on trend and off trend, but always, um, I think they're very, very classic, just like a loafer. And then I would probably go, I'm a big accessory girl, because I think accessories can elevate your outfit, and they last a lifetime. So I would go between a beautiful classic belt or a beautiful leather handbag. I just started wearing belts again, and I go for a status belt, like a little Gucci mm-hmm. belt with a mm-hmm. 2G at the front yes. or, or Louis Vuitton, LV, so right. you get your status in there. And then, honestly, this takes me to the next question is, yes. and I think you answered it already, what uh, is your tried and true, tested by time uniform mine 
was the first time I went to Europe to work in fashion, which had to be 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by European men. And it was a jean, a loafer, right. a perfect blazer, a simple piece underneath t-shirt or shirt, and the double looped scarf. And you yes. know what? It looks it's as so- good today as it looked 40 years ago. And I think we get to a certain age where investment yes. is the key. So what is your test of time go to? Really, to the really ages? Is. Well, I just returned from Europe and I was so glad. So I brought my, my classic trench coat because it's such a versatile, as we were talking about, totally. such a timeless, it's almost in everyone's closet. So my trench coat came along, especially if you have one that has a zip-in, zip-out lining, because then that can help you with different climate changes. And it also yeah. can help with, you know, I mean, if it's a rainy day, you know, you are, because you never know what, you know, when you're traveling, what's going to happen. So I love a trench coat. I'm with you. I love turtlenecks. I think it is such a beautiful classic piece. And I truly believe it looks just, it's just very elegant, very, very tray chic. Uh, a beautiful dark rinse pair of denim. Yes. And then and then just, you know, a loafer or a ballet flat. But I, what I will I tell you, what I saw over in Europe were the, the lug sole boots. So like a, a lug sole Chelsea boot. Chelsea and I have those. Boot. Yeah. So I would, you know, to modernize the look, I would probably, you know, put that on in the wintertime. So. And, and you're mm-hmm. so right about the trench coat. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing, that I now for two years have not purchased mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a puffer jacket because quite mm-hmm. frankly, it just isn't that cold out anymore. Right. It's right. different in New York. So I just recently got a very dramatic puffer vest and oh. I'm loving that. And you know, uh-huh. for me, I want to uh-huh. hear what your sil what your um major silhouette look is. For me, it's a big sweater on top or uh this vest is sort of oversized. So let's say oversized tunicky kind of top mm-hmm. over super skinny leg, whether it's leggings I found mm-hmm. some great wool leggings mm-hmm. that meant for skiing. I'm not skiing, but I mm-hmm. would uh, like to look a little sporty. Mm-hmm. Over a big, oversized, chunky sweater, that mm-hmm. is my best, best look. I have to avoid my stomach, avoid mm-hmm. totally emphasizing my waist, and certainly I am always hiding my midriff. What mm-hmm. is your best silhouette look? I'm very tailored and I really love to borrow from the boys. So I think ah, that that is, too. that really is why I like a blazer. So I probably, my best silhouette, honestly, is just a very simple, I mean, and depending on the time of year, but like a, a simple slim sweater. So not, not too, I love the chunky look, but um for my best silhouette, it really needs to be a little bit more tailored. So I think that that's where, where I, that's why I do like a button up shirt. That's why I do like the, the turtleneck, put the blazer over it, change my footwear, change my handbag, you know, change my accessories. But my basic, I mean, honestly, it's a blazer. It's a button up turtleneck, blue jeans. 
What is your favorite silhouette for a bottom? Oh, I, I mean, I do, you know, depending on, this is where, you know, proportions are so key. So if I'm exactly. doing something, and you, and you really, you brought this up. So you love the, the big oversized tunic or the chunky sweater and you're wearing a slim <laughs> bottom yeah. on the bottom, you know, and so that you need to be doing that. But if I flipped it, if, if I had a wide, you know, wide leg pants are really in vogue again, and I love those. So I need a more tailored, very slim top. So I like both of those silhouettes, but you just have to be paying attention to proportions. It's all about yeah. proportions. I can't do the wide leg because I have no waist and a chunky middle. And right. so I just kind of stick. I think that's one thing that's very endemic for women over 50. If you can really find your look, you just sort yeah. of stick to it. And you do. Um, you do. I'm wondering. We don't what need to reinvent the is, wheel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because frankly, there's not that much to choose from that fits us. What right. is the one key piece? If you have an unlimited fashion budget, what mm -hmm. is the one key piece? And it could be jewelry, it could be accessories, mm -hmm. it could be articles of clothing that you would add mm -hmm. for 2024. I think I love jewelry and I really, there again, it elevates your look. And yeah. I think a beautiful gold hoop, a, a larger gold hoop, not not just a huggy or oh, a small gold hoop. I was gonna hoop. wear them today. I love For my you? gold hoops. Oh, mm -hmm. wear them I think it's, right, it's classic. Or you could go with, you, you could go with platinum or, you know, silver if. But I love, gold is so worn to me. Right, Yeah, I love it. Yeah, a classic gold hoop. It's just so beautiful. It makes a statement all of all all on its own. But I also love hoop diamond uh, earrings as well. So Me I too. think, and actually, I was really looking at. Um, I for for whatever reason, I would really like to update my diamond and and get a larger hoop. So I think that that's actually that's kind of on my on my list for next year. But oh, yes, a I, classic. I, Love Classic that. And, and the other thing, too, is if you get gold hoops, mm -hmm. then Beth, you can turn around and get almost any status handbag, YSL, right? Gucci, Chanel, and they're all trimmed in gold. And then you have that exchange of agreement amongst accessories that I love. Now, what is the one piece of clothing you are giving away this year and taking out of your closet to make room? Oh, goodness. That's a hard one. Um, uh -huh. You know, for me, skinny jeans, I mean, they look great on you um, because you have great legs. And But for me, the, the, it's never been that flattering of a look. And while... I still think that they look the best when you have like riding boots or, you know, or tall, you know, tall boots. I mean, they're honestly, that look really can't be beaten, but I think, be, right. I think I'm going to update my, my silhouettes on my jeans. So I think I'm going to take away my skinny jeans and, uh, and, and get some new silhouettes for jeans. So are you going to go for a straight leg? Are you going to go for mm -hmm. a boot cut? Are you going to go for a fit and flare or are you going to go for a wide leg? I, I Actually, I like all of those. But coming just recently coming back from Europe, what I saw over there were that they weren't wide legs, although I did see some wide legs, but they were 
uh, straight legs that are a little straight. bit even fuller than we're seeing over here right now. I loved that look and they looked so great with boots. You know, with, with, with I mean, they're again, that chunky sole boot underneath. I really, really liked that. And then they were wearing, you know, just a simple sweater, the, the you know, fuller jeans and then scarf, you know, jacket. They looked tray chic, tray chic. So yes, so that's definitely <laughs> what I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm on the lookout already for, you know, for the right, that right silhouette. So yeah, I haven't seen it quite I, yet. Uh, do you find though that you have, if you had to, and this is going to be my closing question. So you're going out to buy a new bottom, whether it's a gabardine trouser that's going to make a suited look or it's a jean. Hmm. Do, where is your problem area? What, when you are shopping, do mm -hmm. you find is the number one hardest item for you to buy and fit into oh. as a woman over 50? For sure, for all women, we all struggle with bottoms. We oh, do. I think so. Too. It is such a, and when, and uh, I actually advise this, you know, with my readers, it's like, if you find one that you love, stock up, get it in all yeah, buy the it colors. In color, buy your, buy at least two of your favorite right. color each. It, for sure. it is the hardest for women. It's especially over 50 because our bodies change. You know, we're, we're changing and our body is changing with us. And so our, Middles are not as slim as they used to be, or, yes, you, know, you know, maybe yeah. even our hips, you know, I mean, things really change, but yes, bottoms are the hardest for women. Totally. So. And just in conclusion, because your blog style at a certain age, I mean, you are so wildly successful. You have such a huge following. I would be thrilled with one-tenth of your following and i'm going to ask you for mm -hmm. 2024 mm -hmm. for women of a certain age what is your one key piece of advice for dressing successfully comfortably gracefully but with impact what yes. is your one key piece of advice for women out there who are a little bit lost and saying, I don't really, I don't know what to do with my body anymore. I'm so confused. Mm -hmm. I'm not what I once was, but what can mm -hmm. I be now? Mm -hmm. That's such a great question. I loved how you put that. What can I be now? What can I be today? So my one big piece of advice is lean in to your intuition lean into what you love and let's start throw let's start pushing back these boundaries that there's age appropriate dressing because i think part of how we get confused as women is that we have been told for so long that you can't wear this you can't wear that and they start pigeonholing us into a corner and then yeah. we're like well well what can we wear and so yeah. if I could, if I could share anything and, and when people come and tell me that I'm, that I'm dressed age appropriately, but I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I mean, is there, okay. So at 50, you know, is there a list who, you know, who made that list? So I want everybody <laughs> to, to embrace themselves. People that weren't 50 made that right? list. Trust right? me. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I encourage all women of a certain age to, push back 
the boundaries for age-appropriate dressing because, and I also share with my readers, clothes have sizes, not ages. So I don't know what oh, age-appropriate dressing, right? right? That's it's like great. Yeah, and to me, you're already mm -hmm. pushed back enough. I can't wear we things are. with a stable waistband. It has to have some elasticity to it. I uh, I shrunk as I aged, so I used to be five mm -hmm. six and a half, but now I'm five mm -hmm. four and a half. So I find right. that bigger clothing, especially on the bottom, just overwhelms me. But mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Beth's got a point here. It, it, clothing has sizes, not mm -hmm. ages attached to. That'd be hilarious if you bought something and got it <laughs> home and it said. Are you over 50? Return this immediately. The fashion right? police are out to get you. So right? here's what I say, ladies. And Beth and I are totally on the same page. We need to create a fashion world for ourselves because nobody else is going to do it. If we just remain silent, it Amen. is always going to be fashion for the 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, and the 40-year-olds who want to look 20 years old and 30 years old. Mm -hmm. I say, if you have the time now, if you are an empty nester, if you have just left the corporate community, study yourself. Really think about it. For me, the catalyst was going with white hair. And suddenly everything changed. My sense of style, how I did my makeup, my skin tone. And you know what? At Beth, mm -hmm. it's actually been an incredible adventure and a lot of fun trying out new lipsticks. Right? Yeah. I'm, so glad, I'm so glad you brought that up, Diane, because it's like we need to continue to try things out. Try experiment it that doesn't stop maybe it will work maybe it doesn't work but i love that you shared it was fun it's been a fun oh, advent adventure i love that because that's so what life fun. is all about i made a game i make a game out of it i just mm -hmm. i have a good time with it and because someone else did my makeup for 30 years on air I never paid attention. Suddenly when COVID came and we were doing our shows on television for HSN from home, I had to learn how to do my own makeup and that began it all. Still had red hair, then went to white hair, had to redo my makeup, think it through. And so, you know what, ladies? Make it an adventure. Make it a game plan. Make it fun. Beth, thank you so much for being with us. And people, really, you can get so much help, so much information from Beth's blog, Style at a Certain Age. Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you, Diane. What a joy to partner with you today and, and talk about things that we love, which is fashion yeah. and fashion. aging. And it's not it's not as scary as we make it out to be. Like you said, it's an adventure, and I love your attitude. So thank you for having me, and I look forward to seeing you again. Yay! Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, Leave us a rating or a review and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, 
age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.